Amen. Can we just give our moms a round of applause? Uh, we love you. We uh, appreciate you. Um, hopefully, it's not just one day a year you feel appreciated. Uh, kids, dads, I hope you do a pretty good job of that, uh, the other 364. But we do love you and appreciate you. We honor you today. It's my hope. It's my prayer today that what I'm able to share with you in this message will encourage you. It will challenge you maybe a little bit as well. And uh, we're going to take a look at probably the best known mom in the Bible and of course, we all know that is the uh, Synchrophoenician woman found in Matthew chapter 15. Uh, I'm just seeing if you're paying attention. No, we're going to talk about Mary this morning. Uh, Kendall looked at me like, what? You've heard of her, right? Uh, but anyway, uh, we're talking about Mary. Uh, Mike has already talked about Mary a little bit, and I want to go a little more in depth uh, with that. Um, and... Um, you're, you you uh, know the story of Mary, it's, it's, it's well documented, it's preached about a lot, but uh, I just really feel like uh, today uh, our mothers, our ladies, all ladies here today, whether you're a mother or not, or a grandmother, or even great-grandmother, um, you can benefit from looking at the life of Mary and seeing the model of consistency that she was and just uh, what a wonderful, wonderful mom that she was. So we'll deal with that in a little bit. If you want to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, that's where we will be. Now most of you uh, are familiar with the Calvin and Hobbes comic strip. Uh, one of uh, the comic strips that ran on a Mother's Day one particular day, Calvin is standing uh, by his mother's bed and he says, Hey mom, wake up, I made you a Mother's Day card. And the mom says, oh, how, how, sweet of, how sweet of you. He said, I did it all by myself. Go ahead and, and read it. And so she begins to read, and this is what it says. I was going to buy a card with hearts of pink and red, but then I thought I'd rather spend the money on me instead. It's awfully hard to buy things when one's allowance is so small, so I guess you're pretty lucky you got anything at all. Happy Mother's Day. There I've said it. Now I'm done. So how about getting out of bed and fixing breakfast for your son? <laughs> Signed, Calvin. I'm deeply moved, said the mother. Calvin responded by saying, did you notice the part about my allowance uh, in there? Well, some of you maybe feel like, it, ladies, you ever have a day where you feel like that mom in the Calvin and Hobbes comic strip, you know, where maybe you just feel a little underappreciated um, instead of uh, uh, getting the, the honor and the, the um, recognition that you deserve, maybe uh, you, you just... You're just not feeling it on a particular, particular day. Being a mom is a tough, tough job. Can I get an amen to that? Um, and um, there, there was a, for better or worse, comic strip portrayed Michael's mother tossing and turning in bed, thinking about her role as, as a mother. And she was asking herself, and, and moms, I know you've probably struggled with this at times. She was, he was, she was asking herself, am I too tough? Uh, am I too lenient? Do I give in too much? Do I give in too seldom? Uh, do I listen to what he has to say? Do I understand him? Do I nag at him too much? Am I really a good parent? And the last frame shows Michael lying on his bed saying, the problem with grown-ups is they think they know it all. Well, moms, how many times have you had a difficult day where you just don't know? Where you don't, you don't feel like you know anything? 
You don't feel like you know what you should do. A lot of it is just guesswork. There are times where you might even hit your knees and you might even dive into the Word of God, but still at the end of the day, it's like you take a coin out because you don't know what to do and you flip heads or tails. What do I do? I think all moms have been there, dads as well at times. But uh, mothers recognize all too well that as they send their children off into the day, um, it's, it's tough to send them out into that world, whether it's their first day of preschool, or all-day kindergarten, um, and then you send them off into the middle schools and high schools and then to college, and it's just really, really difficult. And it's almost like the enemy is out there just waiting to get their hands on your kid and, and uh, do what they can possibly do to get them away from the way that you're trying to raise them. You know, our kids are exposed to so much these days. Things like, uh, you know, drugs, and, and we don't deal with it much here, but gangs and, and, and maybe alcohol. And, and the, the, the really difficult thing right now, I think it, it's a struggle for a lot of teenagers, especially the young men in our homes, and is, is uh, they don't even have to leave the house. And there's all kinds of temptation through pornography and things such as that. And moms have got to be strong because the enemy is out there. The enemy is trying to attack our children. And moms, I know that, that that's on your hearts. That's on your, your minds. And, and, you know, we've, we've had this conversation before in, in our office here at the school. Um, you know, it used to be that the schools used to reinforce the biblical principles that you were trying to instill in your children. And now it seems like those are being... Uh, challenged even more and more in our in our public schools, but um, too often children are being taught that you know whatever you want to do, there's no absolute truth. Just whatever you want to do, just just do it. Anything goes. Everything's permissible as long as it feels good. That's I mean, if that's the way God made you, that's okay. Just do what you want, or that's the way you were born. They won't go so far as to say that's the way God made you. Sometimes, so it's difficult being a mom today. You know, it's difficult. But as hard as that might be, we have to realize that difficulties are not unique to our time. In every age in the history of the world, there have been difficulties for for moms. Uh, We're going to look at Mary today, the mother of Jesus. Consider some of the difficulties that she faced in her life. And then we're going to look at some of the resources that God gave her uh, in her life to deal with the difficulties that arose in her life. First of all, there was the difficulty of Mary having a bad reputation. Okay, uh, We talk about that a lot at, at, at uh, Christmas, but maybe not at Mother's Day so much. She was, she was pregnant. She wasn't married. Um, now, we know that Mary knew the rest of the story, how it would end, that the child in her womb was of the Holy Spirit and that it was all of God and God had chosen her. And she was all in on that and she believed that and she was living her life for that. But do you think the people in that little town in Bethlehem was buying into the story that Mary and Joseph was saying? How many of you were raised in a real small town? I know I was raised in, in the, the big city of Brazil, Stacy and I, and, and uh, in that small town, people just loved juicy gossip. 
Alright, can anybody relate to that if you grew up in a small town? Boy, they just couldn't wait for something bad to happen. And if there was somebody that was suspected of something, they would kind of spread that around, you know. Uh, And here in this small town of Bethlehem, there was this teenage girl who was expecting a baby and she wasn't married. And I can imagine how the gossip was going around that town at that particular time. In fact, 30 years later, Jesus is beginning His ministry and His enemies say to Jesus as a dig at Him, they said, well, at least we're not illegitimate children. 30 years later, they're still digging at Jesus for being born in the circumstances that He was born in. And so they weren't above just putting the knife in and twisting it and, and, and sharing Um, sharing gossip. On this Mother's Day, there might be some of you sitting out there who might not feel too comfortable today. Maybe there's some things in your past that you regret. Maybe there are some choices that you've made in your past that you're not very proud of. Maybe you feel guilty about it. Maybe there's some skeletons in your closet. Maybe some of you are sitting out there and you feel unworthy as a mother today. Let Let me share something with you that I hope you don't ever forget. God not only forgives whatever it is that you might still be struggling with even years later, He forgets about it. And and He says, listen, I've forgotten about it, and, and you need not to repeat that mistake, but realize my mercy and my grace and my comfort and my peace are available to you through the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what has happened in the past is now under the blood of Jesus and it's forgotten. Let it go. You know? If you are in Christ Jesus, you have a new beginning with Him and so you don't have to worry about the maybe dumb choices that you made a long, a long time ago. So encourage the women in your life even. If you know some moms that are struggling, maybe that aren't here today, some moms that are struggling with some things in their life, maybe they're saying, oh, you'll never, uh, you'll ne- I won't be able to go to church or I can't go to church. God will never be able to forgive me for what I've done. That's just Satan that's trying to attack their minds and keep them from doing what God wants them to do. So understand that that Mary dealt with some stuff in her life as well. Even though she didn't do anything wrong in and of herself, everybody thought that she did. At least everybody outside of she and and Joseph and the ones that really mattered, everybody thought that she did. The second difficulty that she faced was the fact that she lived in poverty. Mary didn't have a whole lot. We read in the book of Philippians, it says that Jesus was rich, but He came poor for our Uh, He became poor for our our sake. And so what that means is Jesus had the riches of heaven, right? He's living for all of eternity. He's God. He's in the presence of His Father. He's in the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's got the angels singing His praises day after day after day. He has all the riches of heaven. But He leaves the riches of heaven and becomes poor for our sake. Now that means a couple of different things. The first thing is that it means He became poor because He became human. He was God, and He chose to put on human flesh. But not only did He choose to put on human flesh, He chose to come and live among some of the poorest people in society. 
Right? He was rich and he became poor. In fact, the Bible tells us that when Mary and Joseph went to the temple to offer a sacrifice for the very first time, they offered two doves. And that was a sign they didn't have much to give. That's what the poor folks would give, the poorest in society. They would give doves like that because they were inexpensive. They were pretty easy to get a hold of. And that's what they gave. And you might be sitting out there and you might be thinking, you know what, I'm not really poor. It doesn't apply to me today. But how many of you have ever experienced the pressure of trying to buy things that your children want and you just can't quite afford them? Has anybody ever experienced that before? You know, got to have the right designer clothes. You got to have the right basketball shoes. You got to have the right game system. You got to have the right car. You got to live in the the right neighborhood. And you feel like you got to you got to provide all of these right things for your kids so that they can fit in with society and a lot of times what happens is we extend ourselves to, to get those things and, and then we get ourselves in, in kind of a, a, a situation. I, I think it's, it's more important for us to teach them the things that are eternal, the things that we can't see, the things that will last forever and ever. Jean Barron spent several years living in a little mobile home that was pretty dilapidated. And she tells that she was raising her kids in this in this kind of environment. And it was a rough environment for them. And one day her son came home and announced that his best friend had run away from home. And, and Jean Barron said, I looked at my child and said, I don't understand. He lives in a nice house. He's got everything that he could possibly want. Has everything that, 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 that he would possibly ever need. Why did he run away? And her son answered, well, in their home, they have a lot of environment, but they don't have very much love. And he says, in our home, we have a lot of love, just not a lot of environment. See, our kid, that's, that's what our kids need. It's not the, it's not the stuff. You know, it's not the stuff. Love is free. Well, I mean, maybe not completely free. It does cost some things, you know. It doesn't cost money, but it does cost time. It costs attention. It costs emotion. And so I encourage you to invest in those things, Mom, more than feeling like you have to provide some of these special things for, for your kids. Thirdly, Mary faced the fact that people hated her son. People hated her son. Moms, how many of you have a mother bear side? Right? And your kid's getting picked on, and you know that your kid's not liked, whether it's another kid, or whether it's a teacher, or whether it's a kid, in the, you know, someone in the neighborhood, or whatever, and that mama bear comes out. Can I get an amen, ladies? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about? And so something just rises up in you. Well, think about this. This is the way Mary was. People hated him. I don't think we think about that too much. The fact that Jesus was so hated even from the time He was born. Matthew chapter 2 says that an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay here till I tell you for Herod is going to kill him if he can find him. That's how much he was hated even as a baby. Can you imagine? I mean, you look at the sweet little innocent cooing baby and how can anybody hate a baby. And Jesus was hated by King Herod and others as a baby. But what happened when he was born was that evil was kind of set into motion. You know? And, and Satan went after him. Now, here, here's the deal. When babies are born today, it's not like 
it's like I said, people don't hate babies. They look at babies and they just, you know, I've never, never really seen an ugly, an ugly baby. You know, I mean, some are cuter than others. I don't, I don't want to brag, but uh, you know, some are some are cuter than others. But um, everybody sees a baby as a precious gift from God, and you know who else sees that baby as a precious gift from God? Satan sees that baby as a precious gift from God, and he's going to do everything that he can do to destroy that baby. I think that's why it's so important that we give out Bibles here to to moms and dads and and try to help them instill what we can in the Word of God and get them to read that Bible because Satan sees that child. He he knows what Scripture says. Psalm 127.3 says, Sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from Him. And so Satan knows that that is God's precious gift from Him to you. And so he doesn't want to see anything good come from that. He knows that the quickest way to destroy and upset a family is to attack your child who might not have the ability, might not have the maturity, might not have the power to deal with him. Jesus said of Satan, he's a murderer from the very beginning. He's a murderer. There's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. And so to protect your children in their vulnerable years, you may have to do some things to protect them. You may have to curtail, I encourage you, the television watching, the computer usage. You might have to monitor what they're viewing on their smartphones or not give them one in the first place at too early of an age. You may have to monitor what's what's going on in your child's bedroom. You might even have to just say, you know what, I'm shutting you off. That's it. You might not like me, but God didn't put me here to be your buddy. He put me here to make sure that you know the Word of God. You may have to go to school every once in a while and talk to teachers and administrators about what your child is being taught. Now, that doesn't necessarily come up here very much because we try to back up uh, biblical principles, but sometimes in the public schools, when I hear some of the things that are being taught in our public schools, it just, it's... And, and I'm not dogging all public schools because we got some great teachers in public schools. We've got great kids in public schools. Don't get me wrong. But the principles that, as I said earlier, used to be reinforced in the public schools are not being reinforced so much anymore. In fact, most schools were started from a Christian standpoint. Most of our universities were started uh, to be seminaries, to train preachers. And, and sometimes... Um, those those schools lose their way, and a lot of them have. And you may have to go to school and fight. I remember one time when my mom, uh, I, I was in high school. Sandy, you'll appreciate this story because it was in the show choir. Uh, I was in the show choir, you know, and uh, uh, I, you know, I was dancing and singing, had to learn all the steps and all that kind of stuff. And we go to New Orleans for um, for a field trip. It was my freshman year. And we're at New or- in New Orleans, and we're singing at several different places in New Orleans, but at that particular day, our principal and our choir director thought it would be a good idea to take the choir down Bourbon Street, <laughs> 10 o'clock at night, right? And of course, you know, I'm a freshman in high school, and I'm, I'm still a little shell-shocked. I'm going to be honest. Every once in a while, when I hear bourbon, I just, you know, I just get this little tick. It was, it was disturbing, right? 
And, and so we get home and mom's talking to us. Hey, how was the trip? Mom, what'd you do? And all this kind of stuff. Because it wasn't on the agenda for us to go to Bourbon Street, right? And so we get home and we tell mom. And the next day she was at the principal's office. And uh, that, that didn't end well for that principal. I'm just going to say, mom, by the time mom got done with him, you know, it was, it was, pretty, it was pretty ugly. Uh, but, uh, and I was a little embarrassed, but I'm so thankful that, that she did because that wasn't right. You know? That wasn't right. And sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to stand up for your, your kids when it's, not, when it's not right. One other difficulty Mary experienced was she was a single mom. Now, we don't know what happened to Joseph. We don't read anything about him from the time Jesus was 12 years old uh, on. Um, so we really don't know what happened to him. Most scholars, most theologians believe that he probably passed away not long after we read about Jesus in the temple. So maybe when Jesus was a teenager or so. Uh, so Mary became a single mom, and she's raising the Son of God and the other kids that are in the family as well uh, by herself. And, and I want to say to single moms out there, maybe, maybe there are some in our, our service today, maybe there are some of you who are watching online, if you're a single mom, our hats are off to you. We want to encourage you, we want to pray for you, we want to support you because it's tough enough to be a mom when dad's in the picture. It's tough enough for two of you to do it. But when dad's not in the picture, it's even, even more difficult. And so my hats are off to, to you moms who are doing it all by, by yourself. And, and I'll, I'll be honest, I feel like there have been at times on, on Sunday mornings where Stacy became a single mom because she always had to get the kids up by herself and get them here to church because I'm always here early in the morning. And she'd, for years she's been bringing them. So hats off to, to Stacy. She's just a single mom on Sunday mornings. Uh, but um, anyway, um, it's double work for you. And it's hard. And so we're praying for you and we love you and we pray that God will bless you and bless your children. Um, so those are the difficulties that, that Mary faced. Just some of them. There are more, but just for our purposes this morning, I wanted to share those. And then now we need to look at the resources that, that were, were at Mary's disposal because I think by looking at the resources that Mary had, that can encourage some of you to um, rely on some of those same resources to get through whatever it is that you're facing as a mom. The first one is this. Mary had a strong commitment to doing God's will. Moms, I cannot encourage you enough to be like this. To dedicate yourself to doing God's will. It says in Luke 1.35, the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then in verse 38, Mary answered, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. So Mary knew that the child that was in her womb was God's only begotten Son. And that by giving birth to Jesus, she was doing exactly what God had commissioned her to do. James Keller says, every mother has the breathtaking privilege of sharing with God in the creation of a new life. Let that sink in for just a moment. I want to repeat that. Every mother has the breathtaking privilege of sharing with God the creation of new life. And when God places a child or children in your arms, His will for you is to bring them up in a home where they're going to know God. Where they're going to know that Jesus is His one and only Son and that He's the only way to get to Him. 
There's nothing more important. And there's not a single thing out there that's more important than your child knowing who Jesus is. Secondly, she had the resource of Jesus being an obedient child. Okay, Now this is where, moms, you can stop listening for a while. Kids, if you're still in here and you're not down the hall, you need to obey your parents. Okay, Hebrews 4.15 We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. And so Mary had this incredible blessing of having a child who always did the right thing. Who obeyed his parents. The best thing, kids, that you can give your mom on Mother's Day is to be obedient. Again, most of the kids that probably need to hear this are down the hall. Thankfully, this is on YouTube and Facebook. Feel free to go back and show that to your kids, okay? Not that they'll listen to me, but anyway. It's better than cards. It's better than flowers. It's better even than chocolate, even though I hear that's close. I don't know. Just be a loving and obedient child. And that's commanded in Scripture. Did you know that? It's commanded in Scripture. Children, obey your parents. And Luke tells us that Jesus was obedient to them. I like the story about the little boy who came into where his mom was and announced that he had two pieces of candy. She said, what are you going to do with them? And he answered, I'm going to eat them. And uh, the mom thought this was a great opportunity to teach the kid the value of sharing with someone. And said, uh, aren't you going to share that candy with your brother? You're going to give one of those pieces to your brother? And said, I don't have enough to share, so I'm going to eat them both myself. She said, well, you know, this is, uh, this is something you need to learn about. So uh, I think you, you need to share. He goes, I, I really don't want to. And she said, well, let me ask you a question. What do you think Jesus would do if he had two pieces? He said, well... I think Jesus would make two more pieces of candy and eat both of the ones he has himself and give the other two to his brother. See, We don't always want to do the right thing, do we? It's always difficult. We don't always want to do the right thing. But it would be great if our children would learn to be obedient children. Thirdly, she had the resource of a supportive husband. Again, we don't know where Joseph went after uh, Jesus was 12 Probably lived a few years more and then died. But however much time God gave the two of them together, it's very obvious that Joseph was in Mary's corner. He was very supportive. Matthew one twenty four, the very mo- the most difficult part of the whole thing, really. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home to be his wife. It, it was really difficult for Joseph in that time too to go ahead and stick with Mary because everybody's looking at him saying, man, he's... He's either gotten her pregnant or he's taken this lady in who someone else got pregnant. Either case, this dude's messed up. But he was obedient and he was supportive of Mary and did what God asked him to do. So I kind of picture Joseph as this caring, supportive man in Mary's life. Husbands to you, Father, whenever she needed him. And I want to say that to you husbands, to you fathers out there, the best thing that you can give your wife, the best thing that you can give the mother of your children is not flowers and chocolates and cards, but to be supportive of her, pray for her, encourage her, always be there for her. I love the cartoon of the 
the uh, the mother that's in her home and her hair's all in de- disarray. You've probably seen this before. Kids are running around all over the house. The house is an absolute mess. There's stuff everywhere. House is absolutely in shambles. Husband comes home from work and he's all neatly dressed up. He's got his coat and tie on. He's carrying a briefcase and she took, takes one look at him, looks at, at this question mark on his face like, what in the world is going on? And she says, you know what? You come home every evening and you ask what I do all day long. Well, today I didn't do it. And here it is, right? So, um, be supportive. Finally, there's one of the best resources that she had, and that was a close friend who encouraged her. Um, Mary had Elizabeth, and she was such an encouragement. Luke one forty two tells us that in a loud voice, Elizabeth exclaimed, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. I hope, ladies, I hope you've got someone in your life that will share your joys, that will share your disappointments, that will help carry the burden. If you remember the story that happened there, Mary's expecting Jesus. She went to Elizabeth, who was an older woman, expecting a child as well. Hers was a miracle birth as well. We know that story. She was expecting John the Baptist. And they spent several months together encouraging one another. Encourage one another daily, the Bible says, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. That's what we're told is to encourage one another because if we're not encouraging, we're going to be discouraged and then we open ourselves up to more of Satan's schemes and more of the sin that he wants to plant in our lives. So encourage one another. If we become discouraged, um, then, then please, 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 seek somebody out. Seek someone out and, and, and have someone pray with you. Ladies, if you know of someone that's in your life that's going through a difficult time, reach out to them. If you know they're discouraged and you know they're struggling with something, reach out to them. It means so much to them. Encourage the moms. Help them realize they're doing a job that no one else can do. And Mary was rewarded for her faithfulness as a mother. And because of her faithfulness, she was there, was able to see her son resurrected from the grave. She was there with 120 who were gathered to pray in the upper room when the Holy Spirit came upon them. God rewarded her as He promised her He would do. Now, as I wrap up this morning, um, I understand some of you are sitting out there and Mother's Day is kind of a mixed bag uh, for you. Um, Some of you are sitting out there and you don't have your mom anymore like I shared earlier about my mom before before I sang that song, it, 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 it's an emotional day for those of you who have lost your mom, and maybe uh, some of you have lost your moms very recently. Um, so it's tough. Some of you maybe are sitting out there and you want to be moms, and that hasn't happened yet. Oh, maybe you feel a little bit empty and you struggle with Mother's Day because you feel Maybe your life's not complete. It's unfulfilled because you haven't experienced motherhood yet. Maybe some of you feel guilty uh, because of what I said earlier, some, some things that have happened in your past that are under the blood of Jesus, but you still deal with that guilt. Here's the good news. Um, 
We might all have imperfect families here, but we're going to have the perfect family in heaven someday. We might, we might live in, a, in an imperfect environment now, but one day we're going to be reunited with all of our loved ones who have gone before, who have died in, in Jesus. And so I encourage you moms, whatever it is that you might be going through, whatever struggle you might be having, I encourage you to hang in there. Understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's what His Word tells us in the form of His Holy Spirit. Now, if you're here today, mom, and you're not a Christian or dad or child or anyone here today that has never made a decision to follow Jesus, I encourage you to do so today. Make that decision today. Surrender your life to Jesus. Repent of the sin that's in your life. If you've not been baptized into Him, consider that today. I'm going to ask you to stand with me and and um, maybe you want to make that decision right now. Uh, maybe you want to text your decision to us. We're doing that now, as, as we've been saying for the last several weeks. You can text the word READY to our church connection number. Someone will follow up with you and, and talk to you about what you need to do to surrender your life to Jesus. Maybe you want to become a part of our church family. You want to become a member here of our church. Uh, you can text READY to that number, and uh, we'll reach out to you in that way as, as well. Um, but here's what I want us to do as we close. Um, maybe it's a decision, but I, I would encourage you as we pray here in just a moment to pray about what the Lord's asking of you as a mom and what the Lord is asking of you of someone who knows a mom, who needs to be encouraged, who needs to be supported. Just spend a, a little bit of time thinking about that and praying about that today during this invitation song as well. Let's bow together.